0: Welcome,
1: everybody, to another episode of After Further Review with Mark Ferreira and John Pelkey. I'm Mark Ferreira, joined, of course, by John Pelkey and Jeff Taylor, our producer. On the board as well. A little bit later, we're going to be joined by the Sultan of Sports Trivia himself, Howie Schwab. And we're very excited for that. It's going to be a great show. We're going to talk to Howie about all the cool stuff he's developing right now and uh, about a lot of the issues in the world of sports as well. We're going to do our progressive trivias. We're going to talk about the NFL schedule being released. Winners and losers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, winners and losers for the NFL schedule and have a lot of fun. But before we get going, Johnny, how yes. are you, my friend? It's been, um, it's been about eight weeks, I think, close to eight weeks. since. Has it? Since we've uh, since we've earned a dime, although you you earned a, you earned a, a little bit of money the other night with a, I did. a, a video shoot. So congratulations. Our friend Thank Riley Claremont has done a couple of voiceovers. But um, how are you doing? How are you feeling? How's your health? How And how's your pocketbook?
2: Uh, well, my pocketbook is uh, dwindling quickly, but uh, my health is good. Um, you know, I'm just at, I'm 55 years old, Mark. It's kind of I feel like I've retired. Except I can't. Yeah. I can't go anywhere, and probably when I do retire, I won't have any money, so I won't be able to go anywhere anyway. So it's a rehearsal for my uh, my retirement, and I'm I'm probably in better shape than I will be then. God knows to treat my body like a rodeo. So how I'm even held together by? Well, I'm generally held together by cheese whiz and scotch. But uh, I uh, yeah, no, it's it's going well. I have run out of things to binge watch, so I'm uh, I'm taking uh, requests for that, and also, Mark, you've seen my my newest. Um, hobby in picking 12 to 14 albums either everybody's entire album collection or picking a year with the top 20 albums and trying to listen to them all sequentially i have no idea why we're now on my fifth different iteration of facial hair i now have a sort of alexander dumas d'artagnan thing going so that's good. Uh, that's, that's pretty uh you know that's of course i thought it was monday really. early earlier texting you i thought it was monday so Yeah, it's it's probably all coming apart. And I'm just I'm
1: now just uh, unable to see it anymore. Well, I love the fact that you listened to every Beatles album, the the British releases, every single British album, uh, uh, British release of the Beatles album in a row from Please Please Me all the way through Let It Be, even though that was recorded before Abbey Road. I love that. Love that you did that. And um, and it was great. The the 1979 Rolling Stone Top 20. That's a great one as well.
2: Yeah. Just so.
1: um, Good for you uh, to be creative that way. Jeff, what's the latest? I know your daughter's taking her nap, so all well in, in that world.
2: We finally got a little bit of human interaction yesterday with my sister and my brother-in-law and my two nephews. I don't know if you guys frown upon that or not, but uh, we went and had dinner with them, had a great time, You know, watched uh, some uh, NFL schedule release, which was interesting, but uh, everything's great.
1: All right. Well, I'm, I'm sure they had been social distancing uh, and quarantining prior. So if they're safe, going over to their, their places is, is fine. And technically, Florida is, you know, semi open. So I don't I don't frown on that. OK,
2: good, good. Great to hear <laughs>
1: Yeah! Wow, it right. almost sounded like you cared what Mark's opinion was.
2: And oh, we know I know that's not true. But, I can uh, Well done, well done, out of you. Also, <laughs> right. can I can I say t- I have to say one thing, and I forgot yeah. to tell you this last time. The yeah. one thing that I've done different, you know, because we've all added, things, listen to albums all the way through. We haven't, I've done in a long time, and yeah, you know, trying to learn how to play the piano, whatever, sculpting, whatever everybody's doing. I did something that I hadn't done in forty years. I played my first Dungeons and Dragons campaign in forty years last Saturday night. <laughs> Nerd alert. Yep. Nerd alert. Absolutely. And it's all changed because there were computers that we could use back then. But now, oh, my goodness, I
1: you may lose me forever. You you, you may you may lose me forever. All right. That's something I never knew about you. And uh, I will uh, never, never bring it up. Yet again. All right. Before we get to Howie, let's do what we do every single episode and give you our first four clues for our progressive trivia. Do your best to uh, play as fairly as possible, folks. No PEDs, no performance enhancing devices. And you know what we're talking about. Here we go. First set of clues coming up. This guy's a Hall of Famer. He never led the league in rebounds, points, assists or block shots. We're into the NBA, guys played for 10 plus years with five head coaches and a seven time all-star. He's a hall of famer, never led the league in rebounds, points assists, block shots played for 10 plus years, which means around 10 could be a couple of more could be one more. It it won't be seven more. We want (laughs) to make it somewhat vague. So we make it as Google proof as possible. Five head coaches, seven time all-star. All right. Those are your first four clues. So let's get to the, uh, The man of the hour here for after further review. I introduced him earlier as the Sultan of sports trivia. He was at ESPN um, for a very, very long time. I I, want to say close to close to twenty years, twenty six years, perhaps twenty six exactly. Twenty six years, eighty seven to. 87 to 2013. And he yep. did Stump the Schwab for four four years, uh, 80 episodes for Stump the Schwab. And he was 64 and 16. That's an and 80.
0: Nice, that's an 80 percent. Yep.
1: Wow. 800 that's winning percentage. Fabulous. Howie Schwab, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining us. How are you, sir, in this, uh, well, highly unprecedented time? What's your life like?
0: Totally unprecedented, and uh, I'm fine. Uh, Fortunately, I have a good lifestyle. I've been keeping busy. My wife is a a gem, and everything's good. I have no complaints. I I know there are some other people who've had it tough. They've lost their jobs. They've had some financial problems. I'm hanging in. I can't complain. Uh, And the no sports, I'm I'm getting used to. I find other things. You know, binge-watching. It's funny. Uh, uh, I watched 30 shows of Ozark in four nights. Oh, my gosh. All three seasons. My wife and I just went crazy over that. Uh, It's a great show. I've been watching so much Netflix, it's incredible. But uh, between movies and Netflix and everything, you, you just figure it out. We're still in the middle of Iron Fist. That's outstanding. Is, yeah, that's well, you're,
1: you're, you're saying you're busy and it's busy uh, with more than just watching Netflix and binge watching uh, a lot of things with your with your gem of a wife. And congratulations for that, by the way, uh, you're you're involved with a lot of projects. You always have been highly entrepreneurial in that sense. And, and one of the things and, and John and I, I think, are interested in this because we play this progressive trivia online every night and we play it every episode. You're developing a trivia app and uh, for the sultan of sports trivia to develop his own app, his own trivia app, is something we must talk about, so, so please uh, talk to that. Part
0: a, it's part of a team effort. It's going to be called WinQuick, uh, uh, the name, and uh, I'm very happy with it because I was approached by someone I went to high school with. A guy named Lenny Tucker was a uh, starting guard on the basketball team, funny enough, and he called me one day about four months ago and said we're looking to do this would you be interested and i said sure why not and so brian baldinger from nfl network and i are two of the hosts right off the bat and they're hiring a couple others and uh, the technology is incredible and we're going to just have a lot of fun with it uh, we're going to ask some tough uh, i'm writing questions brian's writing questions and we're gonna have fun with it. I mean, it's gonna be a challenge. It's not. We're not gonna give you all layups, but uh, we'll make it interesting. And there's some good money involved for the winners. So uh, hopefully, people will enjoy it. Win quick. That's one thing. And I've been lucky enough. I've been working with uh, Dick Vitale and Dick Weiss on a book on the 2020 basketball season that ended so abruptly right and, right uh, those those two things have kept me very busy and very, very happy because uh, I, I think in these times the most important thing is to have stability to have a little normalcy and realistically even though i'm here so much in my my condo uh, there is a lot of normalcy and my wife is just a wonderful person like i said and so I, I've been very lucky and very blessed that I'm I'm fine, and health wise I've been doing okay. So can't complain. It's good to see you guys, my old ESPN the Weekend buddies. There you go. I had fun doing that. That was great. Yeah, we we
2: all we always miss uh, miss that. I want to talk to the, about this project that you're doing with uh, Dickie V and Dick Weiss about the 2020 basketball season, because, you know, as we get deeper into uh, this, um, this pandemic and uh, decisions are now starting to be made to, to, to slowly reopen things. What is your what what's your feeling about the NBA? It, will there be some sort of tournament to wrap up the season or at this point? Because we, you know, we, we hear a lot of conflicting stuff and Adam Silver, I consider one of the smartest uh, commissioners and one of the most capable commissioners. What's your feeling on how this 2020 season wraps up or doesn't wrap up?
0: Well, I think there's a lot of elements to this. First of all, the Players Association. The players have to be comfortable being on the court, uh, even with no fans. They have to be in a situation where they feel that there's not a risk with the coronavirus situation. Now, obviously, with Rudy Gobert and some other players having it, uh, there are some concerns. And clearly, uh, this is a, a pandemic pandemic that uh, people have to take seriously. Some people do, some people don't. And, and realistically, uh, they will not play any more games if they are not 100% comfortable that there will not be an outbreak of players, uh, or personnel, team personnel at games, because you you will have to have some personnel there. You'll have coaching staff. You'll have players. Uh, you'll have TV personnel. One of the big things for the NBA is they want to be able to accommodate local TV to uh, help finish the season properly. And that's a big factor for Adam Silver. He wants this thing resumed when every, but not until it's safe, not until everything's okay. They waited for a while to open up some camps. Now they've opened up a few camps. And, And by the way, there's an advantage to a team that can get extra practice time in or guys working out and taking this seriously compared to other teams in cities where you can't and won't. Uh, So I think there's an advantage there that uh, if you want it to be fair and balanced, uh, you have to take everything into account. And it's, it's really, I mean, like you said, we've never had something like this before. The NHL one year in in the 1910s had an epidemic and the season was messed up. Okay, fine. You really want to look at history. But, I mean, realistically, the NBA and NHL would love to finish the season, love to have the postseason. Uh, The the players, I mean, look at the Lakers. Had a great year up to this point. Uh, Obviously, Anthony Davis and LeBron James would like to finish with the championship but, but there's no guarantee And by the way, the West is so tough I mean, you got to look at the Clippers you got to look at the Nuggets you got to look at uh, so many teams That could challenge that. And then the other thing is You're probably going to be playing with no, no fans Which will be very different For the players And you're also going to be in a situation Where you may be playing all the games in Las Vegas Or you may be two cities uh, I mean, there have been so many possibilities thrown out there it would be great to see a champ but only if it's safe and and right I mean fans can sit home watch it on TV Who knows the networks need the ratings at this point uh, so I, I'm sure the NBA would love to do it the NHL they've been tossing around different ideas maybe 24 teams in the playoffs Uh, maybe not resuming the regular season and just going to the postseason. Uh, I've heard rumors that they want to do 24 teams because that would include the Rangers in Chicago and that would certainly help with ratings. Uh, If they do it with 16 teams, the Rangers and Blackhawks don't make it and those are two big media markets and TV ratings markets that go away. So they have to figure it out. I mean, it's... It's going to be a little while before this is figured out. I mean, we're, yeah. we're in early May still. And they have yeah. time. I mean, they could push it back. You could always make it so that the NBA and NHL finals, will say, are by September and then start the next season in uh, November, December. I mean, eh, there's a lot of ways to go. And until they announce it officially, I'm just going to sit back and go, okay, just do yeah. that. I
1: mean, Hopefully exactly it how it works did. out. Yeah, there's so many moving parts and there's, you know, the health officials, there's executives there. Uh, and then there's the players and the players association. There's fans. Uh, there's all the money that people want to earn. We, or John and I talked about the baseball season because as of the end of May, or I'm, I think maybe even John May 15th, uh, a lot of the payments, well, to employees of the teams for uh, certainly are going to cease yep. and and that a lot of the players salaries will just go to a basic bottom line uh, amount after after may so everyone's motivated to do it what what's interesting to me you guys is that in 1918 that pandemic killed 600,000 americans and came back more than once it came back twice it sort of technically is from 1918 to 1920 it killed millions around the world, I think 50 million. The uh, Spanish flu in 1918, and baseball just kept going. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's so interesting to look at the history of this kind of stuff. Uh, and certainly we're not going to repeat that. And maybe that's part of the reason why, you know. Well, you, could like they yeah, you, you could South. always watch South should have You got to sit down and
2: watch
0: that South Korean baseball. I watched five yeah. minutes, five zip, I shut it off.
2: <laughs> I, I'm, yeah. I I'm gonna dial in because I'm one of those guys who spent I've spent way too much time with the NFL schedule show, which just oh was my God. it was yeah, a Mercury like, ivory film for God's sake. Well
0: think about this. <laughs> think about this during this this situation. If we didn't have the NFL news, it would have been crazy. Tom Brady took a good week of wow, hey, Sports Center could do Everything in the the world on Tom Brady to Tampa. You know, the team that never wins, all of a sudden now is a Super Bowl favorite. Amazing. Right. Uh, And then get Gronkowski. Then you have the DeAndre Hopkins trade. You have guys signing as free agents. You have the draft. You have the schedule show. Imagine if we didn't have any of that. Oh, my word. It would have been unbelievable. It would have been horrible. But at least we've had that. Uh, the idea that the NFL thinks they're going to start the season on time, uh, I think is kind of laughable. But, you know, again, you got to be safe. you got to make sure everything's okay. And in the NFL, you know, with social distancing, you're not going to have a situation where you're going to have a, a stadium half full. It's going to be like 25% full. You're going to have to have one person in every third seat or couples together and then uh, – it's just gonna be crazy and then how do you do that what if everybody wants to go get a hot dog well that kills social distancing you're gonna have to have spaces to i mean this is a new world i remember when 9-11 happened a lot of people were worried about things and it it changed security and it changed some things but you, you know what uh, after a week or two we resumed college football we resumed regular sports and we got past it this is a lot different yeah. because it's yeah. still concerning that you walk outside and if you're not wearing a mask you're like hmm, what are you doing uh, i'll be honest i wear a mask out every time i go out i want to be safe i don't want to get sick So if that means I'm being careful, so be it. I'd rather be careful than stupid, to be honest. I mean, and and now all these sports, I mean, who knows when it's all going to come back? I, I don't think it should, like I said, I don't think it should come back unless it's totally safe. That means maybe having the vaccine, maybe the curve has been put down so much that you're comfortable with it but then again when you do go to a game if you can go to a game it's going to be a different world and people don't like adjusting to oh i i can't have my normal seat oh there's not three people oh my god there there's a line for a hot dog and it's six feet each person <laughs> seven people online that's 42 feet I mean imagine that uh, yeah okay that's interesting uh, it's, it's going to be a different world the key thing is hopefully they get athletes back on the field back in the stadiums and so we watch it on TV at least we have something right now yeah. not having things tonight like I said thank god for Netflix <laughs> okay so uh-
1: we talked about this Jim Harbaugh letter to yep. uh, basically the everyone in college football advocating a position where kids can leave whenever they want to leave. And if uh, for the NFL, and if they don't get drafted, they're able to come back without a penalty as long as they are academically eligible and uh, that they get rid of their agent that helped them uh, prepare for the NFL mm-hmm. and that there are uh, and and to to continue to extend the scholarship for them if they come back after 3 4 years he gave a great example of himself by the time he was 30 he had he had played for 6 or 7 years he had put his family in a position to be to do be doing very well for for themselves and and to to put his entire family in a good position and he was able to go back and uh well he already had his degree but he thinks by 30 If you give these kids an opportunity to make a little money and to have a degree that can continue to sustain them, that that's what all of these educational institutions should be for. And he's also for the idea with transferring, which is going to come up again in the in the meetings, I think, in January that kids can have you can get one free transfer. That, yes, of course, if you've already graduated, it's free transfers anywhere you want at any time. We're and then for transfer. everyone else, you have to wait a year before you can play for another team. He's saying everyone can have one free one so that it doesn't get out of control, which, of course, we all understand why you have to cap that. Uh, so anyway, he, he's got some pr- uh, proposals out there that are very, very student athlete friendly. Howie, what are your thoughts?
0: Well, I think there are two different topics here. Start with the going into the draft anytime you want uh, and uh, then being able to go back to college uh, if you're not drafted. I have a big problem with that, because if you enter the draft, that means you've made a commitment to leave college. And now if you're told, oh, but you can go back, then everybody and their brother will enter the draft. There's no punishment if you enter the draft and don't get drafted. You go back to school. So what keeps anybody from going into the draft? Anybody. I mean, you're going to have 600 players say, I'm entering the draft. And that's chaos. And that's absurd. There's got to be a ramification if you're giving up that that role. I feel that way, at least. Uh, granted, It would be wonderful if college sports was able to get, let's say college football. If you're a good player, but you weren't drafted, well, then so many of these guys sign as free agents, undrafted free agents, and then make rosters anyway. A lot of guys do that. So what are you saying? Then they can go to training camp, work out, See if they can make a roster. But if they don't, I'll oh, go back to school in September. What? And then the other thing about that is you put a lot of pressure on a coach. A coach says, hey, these guys entered the NFL draft. Now I have to replace them. Now I'm committing to some of the backups from last year's team moving up to starters. And then all of a sudden, oh, by the way, then they come back. It's crazy. I think that's a problem. Uh, the idea of being nice and letting kids come back to college when they're not drafted. Uh, okay, it's a nice idea, but I think it's it's too complicated. Now College basketball, there's been talk of that. Uh, I think that's different because college basketball, you're talking about fewer athletes. You're talking about fewer players. I mean, there are so many players entering the draft right now. Think about this. 60 draft picks. Okay? Now, some of them will be seniors, and some of them will be foreign players. So, let's say 45 to 50 get drafted. You have about 150 underclassmen who have declared. Uh, granted, some of them will pull out, and some of them will realize this is crazy. You had that last year with guys like Shimori Pons and several others, Uh, but now you're in a situation, if you're a coach, what are you doing? You're taking grad transfers all over the place. You're signing junior college kids. You're hoping some of your kids are back. You're trying to set your team up, and then all of a sudden these other kids come in, and it complicates things. Yeah, you'd rather have more talent than less, but it, it becomes really a big question mark to me. And unfortunately, there's no stability. That's uh, like the grad transfer rule. Uh, you have over 800 players in the divisional in basketball have already put their name in the portal. Not all of them will go, but a heck of a lot of them have. And a lot of them, uh, the reason is lack of playing time or, hey, we're in the Ivy League and we need another year, but the Ivy league won't let us play. You had that with Seth Towns. You had that, uh, with a few players and they're landing at big schools, Ohio state, Michigan, etc. It's, it's wild. And keeping track of this is crazy. I, I'm just, I'm amazed at some of these kids. I mean, Matt harms went from Purdue to BYU, blah, 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 blah. I mean, <clears throat> he, as a fan, you're like intrigued to a point but it's going to be a while till you see them on the court. They may not start their season on time either. Uh, it, the whole thing, uh, the problem with sports now is this should be easy. It should be easy to figure out. You should be able to figure out what roster you have. You should be able to, as a coach, know what you have, and then all of a sudden it changes because of the drafts. Uh, if you're telling me a guy doesn't get drafted – you come back to college, uh, lucky guys. They uh, that will lead to absolute madness, in my opinion.
2: Yeah, not to mention the fact that now, how how do you sign uh, kids out of high school? Because you don't know how many scholarships you have to give. You don't find that out until much much later. So yep. it's it it the logistics of it alone, to your point, Howie, make it almost uh, impossible. I want to switch gears uh, to the NFL for a minute uh, for the remaining time that we have you. And I do have to ask your opinion on the biggest story, as you mentioned in the off season, which is Tom Brady to the Buccaneers. Now in our hot take culture, I have heard a couple of guys who are the odds-on favorite in the NFC to win, win the whole thing. Well, let's pump the brakes on that for a moment. I want to know what you think is, uh, and Gronkowski as well, and they've improved themselves. Second year under Bruce Arians, probably uh, be a, an improvement as well. Um, what kind of effect do you think that's going to have in the NFC South and the NFC in general? What, where, where do you think the ceiling sits for you right now for Tom Brady and the Buccaneers?
0: I think it's a huge addition for one simple reason. Tom Brady does not make the mistakes that Jameis Winston made last year. Interceptions on big plays. Uh, uh, they they were close to being a very good team last year. I mean, this is a team that could have won 10 games if Winston didn't throw some of those interceptions. Yeah. Uh, I think they still need help in a few areas. They improved their offensive line in the draft. They've improved their defense. And I think Arians in the second year, if they stay healthy, I mean, there were times Mike Evans got hurt. Uh, a few others got hurt. But if you have Evans and Good- Goodwin, uh, Godwin, rather, uh, you have Gronkowski and O.J. Howard, who's staying now. There were rumors he was going to be gone. That's two pretty good tight ends. You have Ronald Jones at running back. They drafted the kid from Vandy at running back, who should be okay, too, uh, as a rookie. Uh, they're putting pieces together. Uh, saying they're the ultimate favorite, I think, is questionable because there's a team in New Orleans that really has improved themselves, too. Right. Uh, Drew Brees would love to go out with a bang uh, before he goes to TV. And, you know, when you have Michael Thomas setting records and you have uh, so much going on with the Saints, uh, and then the Niners, what they did last year, they could be right back there again, and they've improved too. Uh, it's going to be, and don't cut the Rams out quite yet. Right. I know Gurley is gone. but I have a feeling, Sean McVay, they're going to bounce back a little bit. You know, the NFL, you always see one or two teams, four or five teams come out of nowhere and improve. So, uh, to say that it's a lock, the Bucs are going to... I think why people are talking that way is Tom Brady would love to be the first quarterback to play in a Super Bowl in his own stadium. And that would be absolutely incredible. And... that would be a way to stick it to Bill Belichick. <laughs> uh, unless it's Tampa Bay, New England in the Super Bowl. And boy, wouldn't that be something.
2: <laughs> oh, my. I don't,
0: I don't see it. I've, I see <laughs> no. AC having a legit shot of coming back. But I'll tell you, the other team I look at in the AFC is the Baltimore Ravens. Oh, yeah. Uh,
3: schedule
0: okay. relatively favorable. Yeah. Lamar Jackson, uh, the, The running game, the defense, they've improved their defense. They've had some veterans in free agency very quietly. Uh, I think they'll be right there too, but... At least we have something to talk about.
1: We do. <laughs> so true. And, and we always do. And somehow the NFL is always, the, you know, topic <laughs> one, topic two, and topic three. Howie, uh, we want to thank you so much for joining us. And uh, we want everyone to remember the the, the uh, sports trivia app coming out. Again, go ahead. What's the name of it, Howie?
0: It's uh, WinQuick. WinQuick. Look for that. W-I-N-Q-U-I-K. Q U I K. uh, Have a fancy name, but it's all good. We're really excited about that. Looking forward to it. Brian Baldinger and I are be two of the hosts, and uh, Dick's book is coming out in a little bit uh, on the 2020 season. Dick Vitale always fun with that. And guys, it's great seeing you. Stay safe, Uh, and I treasure the days of ESPN the weekend. I love when we see you guys as do we. all the best with the podcast, guys. Stay safe and be well.
1: Thank, thank you so God. much, Howie. Howie Schwab, everybody, Sultan of Sports Trivia. Thank you so much for joining us, sir. That was a lot of fun, and yeah, that ESPN, that ESPN the Weekend, John. That was yeah, that was the favorite. First of all, that was a great event where we could we would host and uh, we would interview a lot of athletes, but um, and it was you know very very special in terms of all of that. But uh, my I think my favorite part of the entire weekend was stump the Schwab where we would get three athletes up there. And, and these are big name athletes. And we would, right. we, we would pick three people out of the audience to partner with them, to be on their team, to see who could then win amongst the, the three of them to compete against Howie. And uh, it, w- it was always a full crowd. Yep. It was always just a lot of fun. That was my, that was my favorite thing about a very favorite event that we used to do back in the day when we worked, John. Yeah, I, absolutely. And Howie was such a great uh, resource for us
2: because when we were doing stuff on the main stage there and there would be, yeah, as there always are in big events, you know, we'd have a half an hour, 45 minutes or an hour where something had gotten rescheduled and we we needed to do something. Howie was always up for just getting up on stage with us and bannering about sports, one of the greats. But I know, you know, Mark, and he brought up a really good point and uh, hopefully we'll have Howie back in the future uh, to talk more more about stuff. But the other thing about that uh, NFC South is one of, if not the hottest team in the NFL at the end of the season last year. It saved Dan Quinn's job was the Atlanta Falcons. So all of a sudden that division, which I have been espousing for years. Yes, you <laughs> you're have finally right. In- you have to admit, yeah. there's no more interesting division in football.
1: No, I agree. I agree. Bridgewater with the with the Panthers, and, they, the, and they're going to the, be
2: better, but their their defense probably still not going to be very good. But they're going to be better.
1: They still have Christian McCaffrey. Oh, by the way, they've got a, a healthy quarterback. Uh, you've obviously got Drew Brees and the Saints, who are going to be very formidable. The Falcons. Who uh, have underachieved the last couple of years, but are are ready to maybe make another run? I can totally see that.
2: And they've had some problems defensively, which which I think they've shored up. And Matt Ryan, really, over the last six or seven seasons, he's like in the top three in yards thrown for. It. So I wouldn't
1: I wouldn't say the Buccaneers leapfrog them immediately. No, well, we'll see. I mean, the Buccaneers are are loading up. They've obviously already had. Great weapons wide receiver. They have an, another tight end. Now we'll see how healthy Gronk is. They've got Tom Brady. They have totally shored up their defense and their offensive line. But, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. And the NFC South has a very sort of favorable schedule as well. So it should be, uh, should be a lot of fun. All right, well, let's get back to progressive trivia. Let's review our first four clues. First NBA question,
2: guys. I know. And you gave us the answer which you never do. It's actually on the rundown.
1: Are you kidding? No, not kidding. Oh, it's on the
2: rundown. I usually, I
1: usually Ah, uh, see I was, you I know, was going to say
2: with little or no irony, I, I would have gotten it.
1: <laughs> I knew it. I'm that guy. I'm that guy. I knew it. All right. I, uh, I thought this was a good one too. Darn it. Darn it! Yep. See, I was in a, I was in a hurry, and I didn't delete that part when I uh, sent you the quick rundown. <laughs> Bad on me. All right, Hall of Famer never led the league in rebounds, points, assists, block shots. Played for ten plus years with five head coaches, and I'm a seven-time All-Star. Next four clues: two-time All-NBA third team, which is still good. You're still making the All-NBA team. It's just the third team. It's still great. <laughs> Played in consecutive national championship games. Uh-huh. How about that, Johnny? That's a fun one. Yep. Average 16-plus points per game and 5-plus rebounds per game during the regular season. So those are good statistics. Those aren't great statistics. This guy's a Hall of Famer. Right. But he he was a Finals MVP. He was a Finals MVP. I do think we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to those clues in, in just a bit. That will, yeah, I uh, want to say so team.
2: many things about why the numbers may not be where you would think they would be, but I but I, it, might, it might give things away. So let's stay away from that right now. But I would have right. gotten it. Did I mention – I would have gotten with the first clue. I know you, you would have got all of fame. I knew it. I knew it immediately. I well, don't care did. what anybody prove me wrong.
1: You, no, you did. You did because it was
2: on the page. I actually got didn't it? notice that it was on the page until you gave those first clues. So I will I will be one. I'm trying to be a, a, an honest and upright guy. I would not have guessed it. Well, wouldn't have gotten not. on the first set of clues. <sighs> well,
1: first set of clues are pretty, you know, nebulous, pretty nebulous. I mean, that's 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 part of the deal there. All right, so now we, we, we touched on this. We touched on the schedule, and I know you your eyes go cross-eyed, John, <laughs> when you study it too much, because it is it, it does go on and on and on between who has the easy schedule, who are the winners and losers, how many primetime games does everyone get. First of all, you made a very good point about what Tampa Bay has got. Tampa Bay had one primetime game last year. How many do they have this I, year, John? They had one. They had one game that wasn't a one o'clock start.
2: So I think that game. I'm not even sure it was a prime time. I mean, it might have been a four twenty five wow. national game.
1: They have eight this year. Gee, I wonder why, but that the eight primetime or eight that are four o'clock or
2: those either four either a four o'clock game, which and those are considered national games, even though they're usually, you know, a couple. But there's the national game unless you have a regional uh, matchup. You're that's the game you're going to get 60 percent or so of households, 70 percent get that game. So it's either that or they have a Sunday night game, a Monday night game, a Thursday night game. So it's just very, very funny. It's very funny. It's hilarious. uh, And it makes and it makes complete sense. I mean, it it 100% makes complete sense and it really helps out Fox because they have the NFC and they now get to feature Tom Brady. For their national games, eight yeah. Well, so not the, eight, obviously, with the end development NBC game and stuff, but they get a lot of those 425 Tom Brady games. And remember, we just get a lot of 425
1: New England Patriot games because of Tom Brady. Yeah. And that's true. And of course, the Niners and everyone on the West Coast always gets the four o'clock, 425 games right. because of where they play. But you're right. When they start flexing that thing, <laughs> oh my God. you know, us at the ESPN club, we get a constant barrage, you know, of, uh, yeah, yeah, Denver, Indianapolis, although that's a decent game, I suppose. Or, it's or a pretty p- fun game this sure. year. Sure, why not? You know, maybe Jacksonville Jets. Maybe we get a lot of those games. You know, we get, uh, And no offense, but we get, you know, a lot of Redskins, Detroit games. Nobody wants that. Nobody wants that. 1991, so, that was a game. It was not a game. much now? It was. It was a championship game. It was the last time the Detroit Lions won a playoff game. 1991, the last time they won before then? 1957. So they've won one playoff game in 63 years. <laughs> nice job. Nice franchise. Okay, the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Jeff, Jeff, by the way, going out on a limb
2: and predicting the Cowboys go 0-16. Well... They'll have. And you know what? 14 of those games will be four twenty five or national uh, national broadcast.
1: And and yes, as they're as they're 0 and 12, still 90 percent of the talk radio out there and shows. We'll be talking about them. Will the Cowboys actually think, not win a game?
2: Listen, I think the key to understanding that is the fact that it, it's not. If you know, if they went zero and sixteen, two and fourteen, three and thirteen, then I would argue, yeah, there's a lot of reason to talk about that. If they're a playoff contender, there's a lot of reason to talk about that. The 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 sign that we are, that, or there are people obsessed with the Cowboys, or we talk about them more than we should. We talk about them a lot, Mark, when they go eight and eight. There's nothing interesting about eight and eight. And we will talk
1: about it constantly. Well, except if you were predicted to go 11 and five or 10 and six and you're the Cowboys. What's wrong with the Cowboys? But you're right. By definition, John Pelkey, an eight and eight team should never be talked about. Right. They're the most benign, mediocre, who cares record that you could possibly get. and No one should care about them. All right. So, so the Buccaneers play the Saints opening game, which will 400%. be a lot of fun if indeed we do that. F- first of all, what, what's your guess? Do you think we start September 13th is the first game, ostensibly, for, for the NFL? Do we, do we have games September
2: 13th, John? I, I would say I'm a little more optimistic about that right now. I'd say I'm about 60-40 that we would start on September 13th. Really? Uh, I, I, I think it's possible.
1: Really? Um, and yet not take a cruise on August 24th. Right. Mark and I are scheduled to work a, uh, a, a cruise It's the that, one that job
2: we holding, have. It's holding on very, very tightly to the fact that that might happen. Despite so, the fact that literally cruise ship comes in just above dirty Chinese laboratory in the safe places to be. Yeah. during this pandemic. It's less safe pandemic than a, than a nursing home. Yeah, you know? that, yeah. yes, exactly. And that's, yeah. by the way, that's not a race thing. I'm just saying, you know, because China was where, you know, the, yes, it's not a race and thing. I, and, and, saying, and mine wasn't an ageist thing, right? <laughs> but yeah, I think, I think it's probably about 60, 40 with that. I think it uh, is interesting. One of the things that I found interesting with the building of the schedule, and I can't imagine how difficult this must've been. Certainly there are no international games this year, and that'll make a certain segment for, I'd say around 31% of the population. Very happy. Um, and uh, the other thing that they did that I thought was very, very smart as I was watching a special on this is they built bye weeks in for teams. They tried to build bye weeks in for teams um, who who had met early in the season. To give you an idea, I believe the Arizona and Washington meet in week two. So both of those teams then have a week seven or week eight, I believe, bye week. The thought being, if you lose those first couple of games, you can just add them into the bye week because both teams are playing a bye. Uh-huh. So I thought, I thought it was really interesting. They tried to do that whenever necessary, um, just to build
1: something then that would be an easy quick fix if you were to lose a week or two. All right. So they play the Saints opening game. And then until week nine, uh, they play them again on week nine during this is the that, Buccaneers. This is the Buccaneers. That just during this. that time, and why you would join a podcast late, I don't know. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it started. It started twenty-two minutes in, and I don't know how to back it up. What's wrong with the machine?
1: That is. Ah, uh, that is. Cl- why would you start a podcast late? I mean, that's hilarious. That really is because we're just such. We're so trapped in the old ways. We still say tape. We're taping our show. Not I know taping I, anything. Like, there is no tape.
2: It, but I know, but yeah, I know you say recording, but the, I, I chalk that one up to like when you say, hey, you want to go get a Coke? It may not mean you want a Coca-Cola. Maybe you want a grape drink or ginger ale. Enough. It's kind of a global word now for recording, don't you think? Give,
1: give me a Kleenex. It could be any tissue at all. It doesn't right. have to be a Kleenex.
2: Right. Would you turn it down? Here you go. Here. Wait is a name. minute.
1: It's Wait. not a Kleenex.
2: Uh, my nothing but Kleenex will touch my nose or wherever. <laughs>
1: Okay. So anyway, week one, they play the Saints. Week nine, they play the Saints. We're talking about the Bucks now in case you're just joining us. In between, there's only one playoff team they faced. Uh-huh. So between week one and week nine, besides the Saints, they only play one playoff team. Then between week nine and seventeen, they have five home games with a bye right in the middle of those five home games, which is very well timed. Week thirteen bye, which is very nice. It's a good one, yeah. Now, during that time, they get the Chiefs Uh, Before the bye, the Vikings after it. But both those games are in Tampa. And then they finish the season with Falcons, Lions, Falcons. Right. They play the NFC North. uh, I believe they play the... Well, I'm not sure if they play the NFC North or not. But that's a pretty favorable schedule. That's a pretty favorable schedule. So...
2: It is. But you but again, always remember uh, what we talked about before. They're also in the division with the Saints and 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 an Atlanta team that was playing very, very well. So it really could turn out to you. Maybe their non-conference, non-division schedule is is a little bit easier. But I I still think uh, it's not a it's a pretty good
1: schedule. I wouldn't say it was a necessarily well, a great schedule. Baltimore. By definition, it's not that great because they have to play the Saints twice. But Baltimore, right. you're right. Baltimore has a very favorable schedule. They loaded up in the offseason. And the, watch the, out yeah. for Baltimore.
2: Their favorable favorable schedules, not just in who they play, but they uh, was watching uh, something uh, perhaps on the NFL network th- this morning about the fact that as far as travel is concerned. And, Mark, you're you're a West Coast guy. So, you know, your teams always have the most travel. San Francisco, Seattle get always has the most. It's the furthest away. The Baltimore Ravens have the shortest travel schedule, just a little over sixty two hundred miles, I think, for the entire season. Uh And that's considerably less than the 49ers in in Seattle. I believe are into the 22, 23, 24,000 mile thing. So Baltimore, which surprisingly bowed out early last year for me, if I had to pick a favorite in the AFC right now, I would pick them over
1: Kansas city. Well, we talked about them that they're going to, they're probably not going to win 14 games, but we'll see. I mean, so far Lamar Jackson has, uh, you know, it was the MVP last year. He had a decent rookie season, but boy, oh boy, uh, hasn't looked good in the playoffs. The first season when they played the Chargers just looked lost. And then last year, the numbers he threw and ran for 500 yards and <laughs> right. they still lost because they got behind early and didn't know how to handle it. Yeah. I mean, t- to me, I mean, that's And 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 he's a he's a part of that. He's a part of the team. He's the leader of that team. He'll get the most blame. But that was part of it. You you roll through the season fourteen and two, yeah, barely being challenged. You don't know what to do when you're behind by a couple touchdowns. No, no. Uh, unlike the Kansas
2: City Chiefs, who honestly didn't know how to take a lead in in a game, and they were much better in those situations. The Baltimore reminds me a lot, Mark, of um, we talk about the NBA factor when teams in the NBA start, and we're watching this Bulls documentary. So you see a little bit, uh, a little bit with uh, other teams, and you saw who the Bulls had to overcome. But you kind of have to learn to win in the playoffs, and you have to overcome. In, in many instances in the NBA, you know, you, you, you get through the first time you get in, you're happy to be there. Then maybe you get through a round or two and then you just keep adding on to that. And that's kind of what Baltimore uh shows me mark to your point i think there's just maybe a little bit of a level of immaturity with that team and, and i don't mean that as much of a pejorative as it sounds i just mean there's a lot of young talented guys on that team who haven't found themselves they, they aren't steeled in those sort of games yet i i think after last season losing the way that they did um i i i, I expect them to take the next step
1: yeah there's a and it, it does seem to be a two-team race in the AFC and um, the NFC is, I think a lot more loaded, at the top, than the AFC is. You've got New Orleans, you've got Seattle, you've got San Francisco. I think Minnesota is up there. Green Bay was thirteen and three last year. The Rams, to Howie's point, will probably be better than nine and seven. Uh, you've got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers now that have Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski. So it's going to be and Minnesota's you know, you got, a playoff team. Yeah, the Vikings are I mean, are, are very solid, and and I think the Cowboys will bounce back. I, I do personally think Philadelphia. Yep. So it's, uh, yeah,
2: no, it's, it's much deeper in the it's NFC. It's a loaded
1: conference. There's no doubt about that. All right. We're ready for our final four progressive trivia and this is, at least from my end, it's been disappointing because I gave you guys the answers because that's <laughs> that's pretty fun because when our listeners listen to this, when you guys are listening to this as you are listening to it right now in real time, whenever that is, later today or tomorrow, whenever it is, um, I can't be there watching you struggle.
2: No, no, and you're watching mainly you a ally- guess- you're a live performer mark and you need that instant gratification that's I, why you loved it when Jeff would because Jeff's really good at this and he'd get one and you yeah. you loved it, and you don't you you don't get that and you only no. have one person to blame
1: <laughs> Well that would be pretty you. much. Any any problem I have in my life, any any time I I go into any sort of self reflection, which there's a lot of time to do that these days, uh, about uh, about uh, you know why my life necessarily is isn't working out as well as someone else's. Well, there's only one person to blame the entire time. Well, I, I wasn't going to mention this. Everything possible handed to me. Are you kidding me? I wasn't going to mention
2: this until you turned it into a positive because I didn't want it to be negative. But I didn't read the rundown,
1: so I still have no idea who we're talking Ooh. about. Ooh. Ooh. And you, have, you haven't you have given me any guesses yet, right?
0: I have not. I've thought about a couple of
4: guys, but uh, I wasn't willing to make a guess no. on the information that I have uh, so far.
1: <laughs> yeah, because you want to keep your average up. You That's keep exactly your right. That's exactly average right. <laughs> All right. So here we go. He's a Hall of Famer. We're, we're, we're venturing into the NBA, which I found very exciting. John Belgi. never led the league in rebounds, points, assists, block shots. Never led the league there. Played for 10 plus years with five head coaches. We know what 10 plus means. It could be 10, could be 11, could be 12, maybe 13, probably it's not 22. You're it's not 22. Yeah. Thank you very much. Seven time all star. That's exact. Two time All NBA third team exact, played in consecutive national championship games in college, which is a lot of fun. Averaged 16 plus points per game, which means it's 16, 17, maybe 18, five plus rebounds per game. Same thing applies. He's a finals MVP. So he's a Hall of Famer. So his playoff averages for points and rebounds, remember it's 16 and five in the regular season. His playoff averages for points and rebounds, higher than his regular season averages and a finals MVP. So you can see this guy performed in the playoffs. He was all rookie NBA first team. He played in over 125 playoff games. So that's, you know, a season and a half of, of, of playoffs. And he, his points and his rebounds were higher than the regular season. He also played with Sam Perkins and Bob McAdoo. I almost did Bob McAdoo today, John, but I thought that Bob McAdoo, been, he's a hall of famer. Yep, I love I love Bob player. McAdoo, yep, me but too. Uh, I think that's just a bit possibly uh, before a lot of people's times. All right, so there it is, Hall of Famer, never led the league in rebounds, points, assists, block shots. Played for ten plus years, five head coaches, seven time All Star, two time All NBA Second Team. Played in consecutive national championship games in college. Averaged sixteen plus per game points per game and five plus rebounds per game in the regular season. He's a Finals MVP, and his playoff averages for points and rebounds were higher. Than regular season average, all rookie NBA first team, played in over 125 playoff games, played with Sam Perkins and Bob McAdoo. All right, so there it is. I don't have a guess yet from Jeff, which is uh, which is disappointing to me. Uh, let's visit our poll question for the week, John Pelkey. We we've had some nice responses. We talked about some of them on Wednesday, and before we get going, let's play the. Uh, we have two. Uh, we have three more responses for today's show. Let's take a listen. The question being. How do you feel about athletes being political, uh, politically active? What are your feelings about that? I neglected to say that. Thank you so much.
3: I just like to say I truly enjoyed the podcast. I think you three guys are doing a fantastic job. It's great hearing you speak your opinions three days a week. I hope you keep it going. It's truly a, a, a great show to listen to. Uh, on to today's topic. I have no problem with, uh, with uh, celebrities or athletes using their stance uh, to express their political views or any views for that matter. Uh, the problem that I do have is... Uh, when these celebrities, uh, use their status to incite riots or, uh, or, or racism or bigotry, uh, I don't think that this is the 1860s. I think it's the uh, 2020 and that kind of stuff. Uh, I, I know it, it's still considered to be freedom of speech, but sometimes the common sense needs to be used. Thanks. Stay safe. Enjoy your day. Gentlemen, Alan Kelly here.
5: Uh, calling in about to your question about mixing politics with sports, absolutely, especially uh, in this time uh, when everything should be on the table, everything should be up for discussion. There is no such thing, in my view, any longer as uh, keeping religion and politics off and out of the dinner table in the dining room, uh, much less the airwaves. Let's talk about it. Let's uh, inspect all the motives. Let's take. Let's take on the commercialism. Let's take on. The the uh, the favoritism, the cronyism, let's understand uh, where the players are at. Let's understand where the politicians are at. Basically, where I'm at is that I think that uh, if you combine the two, the two get more interesting. Politics gets more interesting by sports and vice versa. Mix it up, babe. See ya.
4: Hi, Brian, Chief of the Fire here. Athletes have every right, just like any other person, to express their political opinions or get behind political causes. However, I do have somewhat of a contradictory statement to make, uh, and that is I don't want to see it uh, during the game or in a pregame or postgame setting. I just want to watch my... Uh, Whatever the sports is I want to watch it And enjoy it And forget about politics It's a form of escape I know that that might uh, Seem contradictory To the first part of my statement But that is how I feel as a sports fan
1: Thank you Brian Chief of the Fire Thank you Lenny And Alan Kelly chiming in John Pelkey Good stuff Yeah Alan Kelly uh, did a lot of work for POTUS, uh, you know the Sirius Satellite Radio uh-huh. station. Uh, it's called POTUS, and it's very um, nonpartisan political talk. And he's a uh, he's a PR guy by trade, mm-hmm. and has developed a lot of uh, a lot of studies and a lot of theories and a lot of models about uh, influential speech and how to be influential. He's a, he's a very smart, talented guy, big sailor as well, big America's Cup guy. Is he is he taking over for me? Is this why we're getting his whole bio now? Or no, is there no, something
2: because no, I'm because no, no, I'm kind is. of feeling I'm feeling a little bit like I, starting uh, to stack the deck? You know, <laughs> he was I got In Dane Becker and you you were like, whoa, look at him, younger, better looking than us, knows a lot, funny, holy hell, he's replacing me. So I uh, then you you went out and you put out a you put out an ad needed impressive figure to crush co-host Alan <laughs> Kelly the is, trades did you.
1: Well, you, ha- you have to admit that take was pretty interesting.
2: Yeah, it was really good. And I really love the one thing you said, because I know, you know, differ politically with uh, people, differ politically with Jeff on some things. Some things we're good on. But both of us, I think, are in agreement that the discussion and conversation is good. That you know, and and I get heated, you get heated, and uh, we call each other names sometimes in the middle of it. And then you know, we we want to be the one to pick up the barbell. God, I'm looking forward to picking up a barbell with somebody sometime uh, where we're actually in a bar. Um, But Uh, I I I think that conversation. Because it's so much easier. I've said this before, Mark, and we've made point that I don't care if someone's politically. I get Brian's part, uh, chief of the fire. I get that it, that bothers it doesn't bother me as much. Uh, but yeah, I think that would really depend depend on how overt and how it, it, it if it was something that interrupted the flow of the game or something. I would certainly have a problem with that. Um, but uh, I, I I think that it's uh, it's much easier to have a position on something uh, in the macro. You know that those people over there, what they think is wrong. But then when you start to talk people one-on-one, you have conversation, I
1: think you find some common ground and that's how you come to better solutions. Yeah, and and the thing about Brian is that you know when you spend your days saving people's lives right. going into fires right. resuscitating people going into the worst parts of town and and risking your life and and dealing with all kinds of horror all around you as your job yeah. you you truly do want to escape Believe and that's me. where he's coming from where you and I you know i mean talk about having it easy
4: oh it's my like yeah,
1: come on let's let's mix it let's mix everything up who cares you know exactly you know, so it's 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 a big difference. All yeah, right, he, so, he, his job is effortful, and you and
2: you and I, uh, our motto is effort is overrated. It is it is our motto, and look look where we are.
1: <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> look where we are. All right, let's give our progressive trivia answer one more time. All the clues. We'll do it one more time. I know there's a lot. Hall of Famer never led the league in rebounds, points, blocks. Um, assists, played for 10-plus years, five head coaches. That's a throw-off clue, by the way, total throw-off clue. Yeah. Seven-time All-Star, two-time All-NBA third team, played in a consecutive national championship games with Michael uh, Jordan in in uh, in one of them, averaged 16 points per game and five-plus rebounds per game, probably in both of them, actually. Yep. A finals MVP, his playoff averages for points and rebounds were higher than his regular season averages. This guy was a great playoff performer. All-rookie NBA first team, played in 125 playoff games, played with Sam Perkins and Bob McAdoo. Those are the clues, John. Yep. And um, it's James Worthy. Yep.
2: Jeff did get it, actually. He he texted it, too. Yeah, he did get it. It is James Worthy. So the point that I was going to make, Mark, is obviously for James Worthy, who played on one of the most talent-rich teams in the history of the game, mean, those Lakers teams, his numbers were down because Kareem's going to get his numbers Magic's going to get his numbers. You know, Michael Cooper's going to lay down some shots and put it there, spread the basketball around a lot more. And I think the reason that he, he stepped up in the playoffs is because I think a lot of teams would go in with the idea. We're, gonna, we're not going to let Kareem beat us. We're not going to let Magic beat us. Yep. So then, it, then somebody else has an. That's why you need that third guy here yep. in Orlando. We're so used to that Shaq and Penny. Great. But really, when Horace came, now you have a team that can to make right. a deep run in the playoffs. So James Worthy is uh, slightly forgotten to your point
1: and shouldn't be because he was as good a player as you could ever see. On a court. And uh, do you remember who they lost to before they beat uh, uh, in 82? They beat Houston, correct, for the national championship North no, Carolina? No, 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 no George, George- Georgetown. Georgetown. That's right. Georgetown yeah. and it, G- Georgetown went. To what three consecutive ones won yeah. one and lost uh, no, two, right? No, 80, 82,
2: 84, 85, I believe. Okay, no, wait, yeah, three out of four because 83. They weren't there, that was North Carolina State and Houston. That's right. So
1: they so they beat, so they beat, uh, they Georgetown. Beat Georgetown. Do you know who they lost to the year before? Indiana. Nice job, well yeah. done.
2: College basketball is remember, grew up in the DC area, college basketball is huge. That's one of All my right. favorite
1: things. Saw James Worthy play live in college wow that's, outstanding. Outstanding. that's yeah. outstanding all right we've got a little mailbag right here we've got a couple of other voicemails so the voice memos that came in uh one for a don shula memory and uh one to address something we talked about in an earlier show
5: hey uh for the review boys alan kelly here calling from uh lovely washington dc uh the land of the redskins uh land of the irrelevant Redskins. At any rate, I just want to uh, to let you know that when I was a boy, uh, before I moved to Los Angeles, got to know Mark Ferreira, uh, living in Miami in 1972, the perfect season with Don Chula, Bob Greasy, Larry Little, my favorite tight end, Howard Twilly. He could run a pattern, slow as hell, but he could run a pattern. Paul Warfield, I could go on, Nick Bonacani, I have two uh, wishes in life on my deathbed. One is that I shall learn that there was the discovery of extraterrestrial intelligence. And two, that I shall know that within my living life and breathing moments, that the perfect season
4: shall never be matched. That's my wish. Good day, gentlemen. Hi, Brian, Chief of the Fire here with a not so short, but definitely boring explanation of the pronunciation of my last name. I pronounce it Askari. The correct pronunciation is in fact Askari. The reason I say it wrong is because my mom, who is not Persian, nor speaks Farsi, is the one that taught me to say my last name as Askari. Why my dad, who was the Persian in the family, didn't correct that, I don't have any idea. But that's the fact. It is as scary. Uh, this is not something that I want on the podcast, especially if it's going to take up any sort of time uh, from John or Jeff uh, expressing their opinions because I love to hear those guys. Uh, however, as a public service, I am giving permission to play this uh, <laughs> if it is going to be played in place of Mark pontificating about his Giants or 49ers. Thank nice. you very much, guys. Keep up the good work oh, thanks brian you know you know why brian's dad never
2: said anything i don't because he's a very smart man not gonna contradict the wife yes brian, dear what's the point in that yes dear you know? Yes, got exactly, Jeff, you know
1: keep me, yeah, ab- Do what you're told <laughs> Do what you're told Happy wife, happy life Absolutely, It is, tr- it is true, that's the truth Good, good uh, to get to the bottom of that though Alright, well that was, yeah, I'm, I'm very happy that I know now And I've been saying a scary this whole time And I'm actually technically right It's just not how my friend of 40 years <laughs> Says his last
2: name So well, there you go With your deep knowledge of Farsi, it's not surprising that you got it right <laughs>
1: <laughs> master of languages that you are. Indeed. Indeed. All right. Well, that'll do it, everybody. Hope you enjoyed the show. We want to thank once again Howie Schwab, who did such a great job with us, and we hope to have him again on the show. For Jeff and Taylor, John Pelkey, I'm Mark Ferreira. You have been listening to After Further Review. Stay safe. Sorry, John. <laughs>